Welcome to another episode of Daybreak Crypto Afternoon Edition. Uh, today we'll be talking about one of the biggest stories in all of the business world. Elon Musk finally achieved his goal of buying Twitter. But first, we got to talk about an even bigger story in the Twitter world. And that is just yesterday on Monday, Board Ape Yacht Club suffered a significant breach. Uh, specifically, an unauthorized user was able to take control of uh, Board Ape's Instagram. And they put up a post involving a link. What this link advertised was a seemingly legitimate step in their uh, development, which was to claim uh, some land in the metaverse. This project that, that was advertised is one that Board Ape has been advertising all along. It's one that they're going to be releasing later this year. But this link, for anyone who clicked it, actually took them uh, to a place where they had anyone who clicked this link basically had whatever board ape nft was in their uh, metamask wallet drained and taken so they lost uh millions of dollars total what do, what's your main takeaway from this so far well it's like you mentioned it's tough to see um i hate when you have to see people who are investing and in putting probably a lot of their you know wealth into something and having it taken away by social engineered hack um, but this is kind of becoming a commonplace, especially on OpenSea. Now, mm -hmm. I will say that there is a lot of volume and a lot of traffic on OpenSea. So inherently, you'd expect to have more things um, like this occur. But even so, the with how often this is happening on OpenSea, it's starting to become very concerning. And I guess I'd be interested to hear what OpenSea did, if anything, to, to help prevent this. Yeah. Uh, well... Uh, from what I've been able to see, they really haven't done much. Uh, so far, a lot of these stolen apes have gone through and they've traded. And apparently up to this point, uh, OpenSea, who again is the biggest NFT marketplace, they've labeled these as suspicious, suspicious activity. They put that label on the stolen goods, but the NFTs actually haven't been stopped from being sold. And so uh, they've already offloaded um, several on uh, another marketplace too, looks rare. Uh, so, I mean, so, so we were talking about before the episode, sometimes when you have these fungible token hacks, which uh, we were just talking about the Axie Infinity one, because of the transparency with the blockchain, you can usually see the wallet uh, where these stolen funds go. And with that one, you had a very collective effort to try to isolate and keep that wallet from moving those stolen funds you're not really getting that here. Yeah. Well, and and again, it's it's so interesting because you you expect a lot of these people who own such valuable assets would be extremely extremely diligent and careful when clicking links, especially with how many news articles we've seen in the past month, and we've covered most of them on these mm -hmm. hacks, and most of them are social engineered, just like this one. Um, there's the occasional one where it's a contract uh, exploit, and those are very tough because you know to a, a normal user. You're kind of relying on the audits and hoping that these, you know, companies have done or protocols have done sufficient uh, work on these contracts to make sure they're functioning properly. But when it comes to social engineering, it's it's a it's a personal mistake you kind of make, um, and I, I totally understand it. But at the same time, if you're holding something worth millions of dollars, I, I just don't see how you'd be. I, I mean, I wouldn't click any link on a computer or any sort of machine that even hosts that, you know, NFT. But that's me personally. Yeah, it's unfortunately, like you said, there's so many of these. 
I mean, what, this was, but this to me was something like on another level because this is an Instagram account for the verified board ape account posting a link. I mean, they got through. Uh, so the people who own board ape, Yaruga Labs, they claim that two factor authentication was used and was circumvented. I mean, if you can't click on an Instagram link yeah. for the project, I mean, really, what can you, you can't trust anything. You can't, no, it, that, it makes it very hard to even engage on any platform with the mm -hmm. issuers of these things. No, and that's a completely valid point. I, I guess I did, did not mention that. And that is extremely important to this whole situation, right? Is this was done on their official Instagram account. And again, I kind of, it almost slipped my mind that that was part of this hack because that does kind of absolve a lot of these people in my mind. Um, you're assuming that a verified Instagram account is being run by the actual, you know, owners of the brand or right. what have you. So I'll give them a break there for sure. And I guess what really is the the major issue or not necessarily the major issue, but one that's continuing to shine its, its light is this issue of like we were talking about before the show is privacy, right? Um, they know who to target and you can become a target when you have a lot of these valuable NFTs. So they don't mm -hmm. have to, to necessarily go out there and target a huge audience hoping that one hits. They can actually make really, really direct personal um, phishing scams or, you know, social engineering schemes that trick these people because they know who holds them. Like they know people who have, let's say, 10 of them in a wallet and they can really focus on making sure they design something for that person. And that makes it even easier for the scammers. Um, and it makes it just more dangerous as a holder because you're exposing your holdings to anybody who wants to look on the blockchain. And that to me is mm -hmm. never a positive thing as an individual. Yeah, it almost becomes unattractive to own something so valuable because these types of things, these mass hacks, I'm going to call them, where they hit many users often make the biggest headlines. But I think you and I know if you're on Twitter and on crypto Twitter for a couple of days, you can see several stories of individuals uh, getting taken advantage of in the same mm -hmm. way. But because the dollar amount just doesn't maybe breach the million dollar threshold, it doesn't really capture the headlines. But uh, you're right. Yeah, these individuals are also targets because everyone knows where these individual uh, valuable NFTs are and they get hit all the time too. Yeah. I mean, imagine if you knew exactly what wallet it is and you can see, you know, if they're active on OpenSea, you, you actually know what accounts tied to there. So from mm -hmm. there, you could, uh, you could potentially find an email address. You could potentially find, you know, anything that ties that person back to their account on OpenSea. And now you've basically identified who they are, right? So even if you don't, yeah. you, you might have their wallet and know where everything is, but you could actually back into identifying who the person is. If they weren't trying to do so, um, that could be a very problematic. Yeah. Well, and this really, this really hurts where NFTs are going because we're past the point where NFTs are just the picture or whatever you're buying in and of itself. Like I said, this originated from a link to a metaverse that was part of Bored Ape's like development path. These NFT projects now need a runway. They, they need, it needs to be more than that. And part of that is developing a community. And if you don't even feel safe interacting with that community, whether it's on Discord or Instagram, I mean, if you're just so hyper afraid of engaging at all, it undermines what you can build off of these projects because people are just, they, they just want to buy it, hold it and isolate themselves. And so yep. uh, it feels like a project, a problem that has to be figured out. Otherwise, 
I mean, the future of these large NFT projects that have these long development tracks, I, I don't really know how they keep going. Right. There definitely needs to be some sort of uh, protections or way to validate um, either links or something, right? I, I don't mm -hmm. know how we do that. And that's unfortunate because I'm offering no solution to this problem. Um, but it is clearly something that needs to be addressed and hopefully something that can be addressed soon. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you said, it's happening more and more. But, um, well, we'll uh, like I said, it just happened yesterday. We'll see. We'll see what develops. Maybe we'll cover it, any more developments. But um, why don't we switch over to something that I teased a little earlier. Uh, as many may know, the last two weeks have been a whirlwind with Elon Musk uh, becoming the largest shareholder of Twitter, being invited to join the board, declining that, and then decided he's going to buy the whole damn thing. And it seems <laughs> like over the weekend, he achieved the funding necessary and is spending nearly, I think, over actually, $50 billion, and Twitter, uh, barring any other developments, should be his uh, in short order. So yeah. when I'm, you, I mean, we're, we're both on Twitter. Uh, you, we, we both use it quite a bit, but as an avid Twitter user, do you like this? Do you not like it? Are you ambivalent to it? How do you feel about it? Yeah, I, I guess I don't know yet, right? Like, it's it's hard to say. I'm, I'm not going to go out and say I'm super excited that it's going private. Um, although I typically don't mind that. It just, it creates a lot less visibility, actually, despite what he's trying to do, which is make Twitter more usable and, um, you know, allow free speech by not having the constraints of a public company that's trying to protect their brand. But now by going private, you're not required to really report anything. So now we, mm -hmm. we probably know less about what's going to be happening. Um, and on top of that, I just don't know how they're going to regulate this, right? Like, I don't like censorship. I, I'll make that clear. But as a Twitter user, it can get pretty bad on there in terms of misinformation, um, bots, uh, you know, spam, stuff like that. So by taking out really your ability to go through that and sift through that garbage and get rid of it, it's really going to impact your experience on Twitter. So mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not really sure from a user's perspective or usability standpoint, if it's going to be better or worse. Um, and you're kind of letting one guy now call the shots instead of, you know, voting shareholders or uh, a board of directors. So I, I don't yeah. know. I think we have to see where this goes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You're getting this guy's interpretation of what radical freedom of speech means because he's, ident he's identified himself as I'm a radical extreme component or proponent of extreme freedom of speech and but it's, it's not really censorship we're talking about we're just talking about regular content moderation which anyone who's been on any forum of any sort uh since the internet was founded will tell you that when you just completely dismiss content moderation when you just say you know what everything's green and you just really talked about this it becomes an absolute shit pool the people, the mm -hmm. loudest, the most annoying, the people who just, the biggest trolls, they take over and they alienate people, legitimate users, and they leave the platform. And then all you're left with is the shit posters. And so if you're, so I, I guess that's the thing is, I, I don't know what does Elon Musk want to accomplish here? Because I thought he had some good ideas, actually, in the beginning, when he became the biggest share owner, when he... Uh, was asked to join the board. I thought two of his really good ideas were an edit button, which I know you love. I know you've been pounding the table for a long time yep. on an edit button. <laughs> I could use one half the time I tweet. He also had this idea of um, 
verifying users, saying that you don't have to verify yourself, but if you do verify, do like a know your customer, if you do verify your actual identity, then you get a, a check mark. And then if you want, like it, it, it creates this environment where if you're not verified, uh, you know, you, again, you don't have to be verified, but there is some value in, you know, putting your name on your, your words. And yeah. I thought those were good ideas, but then apparently that wasn't enough. He, he wanted the whole thing to do something. And, and, and I guess that's where I'm at. It's, it's, it's what exactly is your vision here for how to improve this platform that most people who use it actually already like. Right. And, and how will he, and I guess my question is, does he intend to continue to fund this or, or how does he plan on making it a sustainable product? Because I, I think I'm like most users and I will never pay for something like Twitter, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's an information feed, but it's something I'm not willing to pay for. They've tried to roll out different ways to, you know, create revenue for, for um, Twitter, but it's hard because you don't want to just bombard people with advertisements, which is really your only way of creating revenue, or you have to do some sort of premium membership like they tried to do with that Twitter blue. And that's just not what the users are looking for. So Elon Musk is about to pay, I think they said around 44 billion for Twitter, but mm -hmm. great. You get all, you get, you get the company, but now what, like, who's going to, who's going to fund this operation if you're not creating revenue and are you going to add these different revenue streams to Twitter by bombarding people with ads? Or I, I guess, like you said, what is your plan here? Um, it, it's a great yeah. meme. It's, it's an awesome thing that Elon Musk likes to do, which is stay in the headlines, but like, what are you actually going to do? Yeah. And to your point, the funding plan is half will be his own equity, uh, $21 billion worth of cash. He's going to have to come up with, which probably means he'll have to sell some Tesla stock, but maybe not. I don't know his I don't know, intimate understanding. The other half was bankrolled by, uh, banks issuing, uh, regular old, uh, debt to him. So, uh, and some of it was also secured by other Tesla shares, but no, I think you just drive it a good point. This is a stock that opened initiated in 2013 at $43 a share. It currently trades almost 10 years later at $49 a share. There have been a lot of very intelligent people over the last eight, nine years have tried to squeeze some value out of this thing. And now he comes along and pays, I think like a 30% premium. I don't know. Uh, if like, yeah to use a fifth of his wealth to invest in a, a platform that just can't really make a whole lot of money. I, yeah. I don't know. Um, it's, I mean, I'm a huge Twitter supporter. You know this. Like I was one of the original oh, yeah. users in the 08, 09 timeframe where I, and this was even two or three years after it launched. I think it was like 06 mm -hmm. area. But I was one of the earlier users and I've since the beginning told people Twitter will be the main social media. Now, Facebook probably actually does take that cake. But in terms of actually like using something for real information or the like quality, Twitter is where you go, right? Facebook, you go waste some time, but Twitter's where you can go actually learn some stuff and, and see what's going on in the world. Um, so that's this is of course my opinion, guys. So no one has to take that for for a fact. But I guess what my point is is that it, it's a great platform, but to this day, it's still not able to create revenue, like you're saying. And I don't, and if it mm -hmm. at this point, I don't think it should. I think it, it is what it is. And um, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see if he can make this sustainable. I mean, right now, it's Twitter's trading, or at least at the time of this article, it's it's trading at $51 um, and has raised, they said, 32% over the last month, right? So mm -hmm. he bought Twitter at 54 So it's, it's still trading $3, almost 10% below 
the market value now because it's going to be sold. I assuming it's approved. So it's, it's interesting to me that even with him buying it at this price, it's not really enticing people to just dive in and buy it up. Yeah, I would guess it has to be some kind of doubt that this is going to go through, but it sounds like it's pretty much in hand. Uh, sounds like he's got the funding. The board sounds like it, they have agreed. Uh, so as long as no regulators stand in the way, then there should be a done deal by the end of the year. Uh, yeah. But hey, this took two weeks. Two yeah, weeks from now, it could right. be completely different. And that's the thing. I think this is more of um, this is kind of what Elon does, right? He makes these splash moves and then we'll mm-hmm. see how they work out. I mean, I don't necessarily feel great that he's taking a public company private with money that he's probably going to have to sell in the like shares on the open market of his old company to get and then lending from a bank in which he's securing with more shares from his company. Um, mm-hmm. All the while, he has probably the most and I, and I say this from an objective perspective, like in terms of using multiples or using ratios, one of the most overvalued companies by traditional metrics. Okay. I'm, I'm going to under, like make it clear that I know there's more to Tesla than just making cars, right? You're investing in that. But if you look at any objective measurement of value, it's really hard to say Tesla is within that range. That's reasonable. And now we're using it to back loans and pay for this. Doesn't seem like a great plan. No, uh, no, I it seems I like a way out for him. Yeah. It seems like a way out for Elon. He's almost spreading his risk, right? Uh, I think he might be adding his risk. If you're putting a loan, if you're leveraging an already uh, risky, inherently equity, risky equity position. Uh, but it was enough for the bankers to sign on. So it might be their problem. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. You know, they've done their due diligence much more than I have. So I'm not, you know, I like to speculate. I like to call my shots, but I've been wrong many, many, many times more often than I've been right. So, yeah. But the one thing we can say is if those, if this goes through Twitter will look 100% the way Elon Musk wants it to look. So the question is, what does he want it to look? And I think that's the question we're going to have to keep asking. So, yep. And I guess one more question before we sign off here, um, because I know, I know we're running on time and I'll let you sign off, but I do want to say, we might have to come back to this in about a week and see how it impacts certain cryptocurrencies like Dogecoin. Um, he's tied very tightly to, to some of the, those tokens. Um, and announcements like this tend to drum up some excitement. So I, I do notice that Doge is up today. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. If I had to guess, and I'm, this is why I'm doing this, I want to be able to have this on tape. They're going to announce some sort of integration of Doge into Twitter. And it's going to send it flying. And he's going to promise all these things like smart contracts and development. And we'll see where it goes. And he might be right. It might end up working out. But um, I'm just going to put that out there. I think that's a that's a pretty decent prediction, considering Twitter and crypto were already becoming more intertwined. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see if Doge gets that pop. But, uh, well, thanks for hopping on today, bud. Uh, two breaking stories that we got to cover. And uh, tomorrow we'll be back with some more. So we'll see you then.